Great. Thanks, Chris, very much indeed. So we're in the final um, morning following this uh, theme of seeds or planting or harvest. Uh, And the general idea has been over these last few weeks is to recognize together that we can only grow a harvest that is related to the seeds that we sow. So what we hope to reap, what the fruit that we hope to uh, produce, is, is inextricably linked to the seeds that we sow. You cannot uh, harvest apple trees from pear seeds or pips, for example. Or maybe these days you can, but there my horticultural skills have come to the limit. And my contention is, as we began this year, I can tell you where and when I felt God speak to me and say, I want you, Simon, to focus on these four things this year. And and these four uh, seeds, rhythms of life, call them what you like, four areas of breakthrough that we need uh, are these. And we're coming to the fourth one today. And the fourth seed that we need is to love both celebration and community. To love both celebration and community. And the key word is and. And you will remember that so often in our journey together, the key word is and. We want quantity and we want quality. And that's true in relationships to a certain extent and many other areas of life. It's not either or. If all our kids... Uh, upside down and inside out, we don't go, oh, well, we've got four kids that are upside and inside out. We, we want those children, each one of them, to grow to their full potential. We want the quality of all that they can be alongside the quantity of all that they should be. If three kids come back to the car and one's still in the forest, we don't say, we've got three good ones, let's go home. We tend to wait <clears throat> or go looking. Tempting though it is to go home. We talk about maturity, our growth in Jesus, and mission, longing for our growth in Jesus to multiply that growth in other people's lives. It's not either or. We don't go, well, I'm going to become really mature as a Christian or I'm going to be really missional as a Christian. We know that both of those go hand in hand, hand in glove. And so when we launch the lifeboats, three or four years ago, whenever that was, uh, and I began on this platform saying the key word, what we must never forget, is the little word, and. What we need is everything that we've enjoyed and appreciated, but we may need an and to that, not an instead of that. And so this morning, we need both celebration By celebration, I mean this gathering. We need this when we come together and we worship together and we listen to God's word together. But we also need community. What I mean by community is we all need to be in real friendship, family, uh, as we talked about last week, networks where our Christian faith can be worked out in real life and real time with real people that we know. And those communities form the basis of inviting others from the wider community. We need both celebration and community. Let's get our bearings on all of this very quickly. First thing to say is that we love celebration. We love celebration. 
Yeah, you're sure about that? Great, some of you are into that. We, 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 and it's primarily why we joined the church. Most of you joined this church because of the kind of style that this environment operates in. Very few people have joined our church until recently through being part of a community and then learning to join the celebration. Most of us, this was the gateway. This was the, the place we came to first. And people are kind enough to say uh, about this environment that they love the music, that they love the welcome. Sometimes we get that wrong. Sometimes we get the music wrong, actually, don't we? Tricky. Um, and, and people are kind enough to say they don't mind the preaching either. Uh, and so they join. They join through this celebration moment. We love celebration. And the Bible has always loved celebration. Look at the psalmist. I rejoice when I said to those, let's go to church today. It's effectively my rendition of Psalm 122. Second thing to remember on our journey together is that we will always love celebration for no other reason than it's than we love it, but perhaps for no other reason than because it's in the Bible. It's biblical. Think of all the times through the history of the Old Testament when they gathered everybody together for a big moment. When Joshua gathered them together in their tribes before and after they had gone into the promised land. When Ezra and Nehemiah gathered the people as they worshipped and rejoiced and experienced renewal and so on. Jesus himself, in the middle of his ministry, set his face to be at the key celebrations at the temple. In fact, he saved one of his most important sermons for a time when he was at the temple. When at the end of a week of feasting, he cried out, If anyone is thirsty, you come to me. And drink. I am the culmination of all this celebration and all this feasting. I am what all of this means and stands for. So we'll always love celebration. And it will never matter to us any less than it does. Thirdly though, we've become more and more understanding that celebration doesn't do everything. This environment doesn't achieve everything we would long for it to achieve. It's great for unity and for momentum and for encouragement and for experiencing the presence of God and for great times of worship and for hearing God's word taught and preached. It's not so good for mission and discipleship. If it was good for mission and discipleship, then all our churches across the country would be bulging, but manifestly they are not. But it is good for all of those other things, which is why we love it, which is why it's part of our rhythm, which is why we'll never lose it, which is why the journey that we're on is never saying this doesn't matter. In fact, quite the opposite. In order for this to matter more, we're seeking to do other things that will help us prioritize and focus even what we are doing here. The Bible teaches us to expect that we will need more than celebration. Because if you trace the history of God's people, if you trace the story of Jesus and the New Testament, you will know that community is equally dominant as a theme right through the Bible. 
And if you're not sure how to think about that, then the whole of last Sunday was dedicated to that. You can find that on the podcast, forward slash seeds, and it's all there. Community is equally dominant. In fact, often when people went to celebration, when people went to church, they went with their community. So Psalm 122, for example, that was on the screen a few moments ago, a couple of verses later on, talks about them going together in their community up to the temple. There's a well-known story, of course, about Jesus. Uh, And he went up with his family and friends to the temple. His family and friends began the journey home, and Jesus wasn't with them. And every parent knows what that's like. You go out with several families, the kids are all playing by themselves, you think your kid is with your spouse, they think your kid is with you, in fact your kid's nowhere to be seen. That's just us that it happens to. So maybe not a whole day, but you can understand Mary and Joseph, it's a common mistake, isn't it? If you never made that mistake, you old wise sage parents, you always know where your kids are and what they're doing. So here the story. After the festival was over, while the parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Where was he in Jerusalem? In the temple. So let's not have any truck of us getting rid of or, or, or diminishing or not understanding celebration. Okay? It's part of the life and rhythm of Jesus. That's where Jesus was, debating with the scholars there. The parents were unaware of it. Verse 44, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. What's a little Greek word that we would use to describe a network of family and friends? Oikos. So Jesus has gone up to the temple with his community. They've gone together to celebrate the work of God in and through their lives. So we understand then that community is equally dominant in the Bible. We understand that celebration is part of the biblical story. We understand that celebration is what we've embraced and what we've enjoyed. And we also understand that celebration doesn't achieve everything we'd love it to achieve. And so as we move into the New Testament, we see this emphasis on community as well as celebration. It's why in Acts, they were daily in the temple and from house to house. It was both celebration and community. It's why when Paul had his most successful mission season in Ephesus, he gathered people at the center for celebration and teaching, and he sent them out into community. And Paul talks about, you've watched my way of life both publicly in this kind of environment and more intimately from house or literally oikos, it says, to oikos. And so this balance of celebration and community is always there in the Bible. Now, celebration has always been our strength. For 150 or 160 years nearly, whatever coming up, that this church has been in existence, our dominant beat has been celebration. That's what we've been raised on, that's what we've understood, and it's mainly why we're here. I'm in ministry, effectively, because first and foremost, I love this kind of thing. I love God as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't don't misunderstand me. But um, it, it's, been, it's been where we put our best foot forward. And there's a sense in which Bullington is, is never more at its best than when we're doing something like this. We've done it week in, week out, year in, year out, which means we're skilled at it. We're developed at it, hopefully a little bit, because of the passing of time. Our contention, though, as God stirs our hearts, 
is that celebration is here, but we have to raise community up to be level with it. That's our biblical calling. That's our mandate from Jesus. That if we're serious about discipleship and mission, if we're serious about a rhythm that will create a momentum that's way beyond the walls of this place, we will need to balance celebration and community, hand in glove, side by side. We must raise up community. But there is a problem when we raise up community that it might feel like we're devaluing celebration. And that's true, isn't it? When you start emphasizing something new, it feels like something else is being devalued, even if logically we know that it's not. And so uh, I feel the times when some of us feel that all this talk about community means that we're not as interested in celebration as we once were. What we need to understand going forward is that we are committed to celebration like we have always been. And we will continue to be. And even as we calibrate our life to be both celebration and community, we will seek to lift celebration up all of the time as we lift community up alongside it. The reason I think it feels like we're devaluing devaluing celebration, is it's been so much part of our focus. Typically, we've understood church as this is what we do as church. And if you're super keen, you'll go to a small group as well. Yeah, like an extra. If you're super, super keen, you'll help in some ancillary extra organization around the edge that might meet in the week. If you're super, super mega keen, you'll go to the prayer meeting as well. Yeah? But it all starts here. And everything else is like a bonus. It's like an extra. You know, you're buying a computer. I'll have that. Oh, and I'll, I'll have that as an extra. I'll take extra as a small group. Or whatever it, whatever it might be. That, that was the world, the church world I grew up in. Anyone know what I'm talking about? That's kind of the environment that was bread and butter uh, for me. Your entry into church life would almost have exclusively been through celebration. Interesting to track, the adults that have been baptized over the last couple of years, most of them have made their journey in through community first. That's a new thing for us. You could argue equally that the young people have made their journey from soul survivor to this pool only because of the community they're part of, and not because of what happens in this moment here. So we're we're seeing all the time the value of community alongside celebration. And we are still very top-heavy on celebration, simply because that's the bread and butter. We talk about going to church, and usually you mean coming here if you say, I'm going to church. Or if it's obviously not on a Sunday and you say, I'm going to church, where are you going? You're coming to these buildings, aren't you? Yeah? So on Sundays, you say, I'm going to church, you mean you're coming here. Another day in the week, if you say on Tuesday, I'm going to church, there's no misunderstanding among us. We know what you mean by that. You're coming here to the buildings because we're, we're celebration focused. That's our mindset. The way we feel, if you miss a Sunday, it's all 
sort of hit the traditionalist among us, of which I am one of those. If you miss a Sunday, you'll feel more guilty than if you miss an extra in the week. That's true. I mean, so we would go on holiday, and my mum and dad will listen to this in a few weeks' time in the car somewhere and crash in a moment listening to what I'm going on about. Their heart's in their mouth every time I mention them. Uh, On holiday, we would always go to church on the Sunday, but we wouldn't find a small group in the week to meet with. And we wouldn't feel bad about not being at the Bible study. As long as we're, you see the mindset. The mindset is celebration. That's where our emphasis is. The way we spend our time, most of you have been in church five Sundays since the beginning of the year. That's ten hours plus. Most of you have not been in a community context as much as ten hours. Because our mindset is celebration. Interestingly enough, if you are concerned about the way we're moving as a church, that we're devaluing celebration, I have to say that the overwhelming amount of staff time across all the staff, is spent on celebration and center rather than on mission and community. Because that's, that's been our bread and butter. It's been where we're, where we're, where we're coming from. And it's, it's, it's maybe not too hard to understand why, if we're supposed to have a balance of celebration and community, why we've ended up with this overemphasis on celebration and missed the community bit. So after the New Testament and it all settled down, there was a rhythm of parish and cathedral. So you'd be at your parish, which was community-based. It's where mission and discipleship would happen. And then you'd go on high days and holidays to the celebration at the cathedral, yeah, which mimicked synagogue and temple. You with me? You can understand people in the parish going up to the cathedral and being wowed by the experience. Because at the cathedral, there was a professional clergyman who seemed, or maybe not, to know what he was talking about. Well, you didn't have that professionalization in your community. The music was fantastic because they were creating an event. There were choirs and there were people processing and whatever genre or era you're in, the music would be that much better. It'd be that much bigger, that much greater than what was going on in the parish. So over time, you'd go off to the cathedral and you'd be wowed by the cathedral and you'd say to yourself, well, why can't we do that in the parish? So increasingly over time, more and more of what happened in celebration infiltrated what should have been more community. And it's the same today, isn't it? People go off to Soul Survivor and they go, wow, Soul Survivor, they've got four screens all around. We need four screens. We do, absolutely right. We need, you know, they have a big wish. We need that. You go off to Spring Harvest and you go, yeah, we need a band like that. What are we going to do with Doris who plays the organ? You know, so you go to the big celebration and then you come back. And so over time, Over time, we've mimicked big celebration, so much so that almost every church, probably almost every church in Ipswich this morning, whatever their size, even if they are community size, 70 and under, will behave like a celebration like this. Isn't that true? They will behave in celebration mode rather than community. And we've lost something as a result of that. Which is why a hundred years ago we said, goodness, we've got to teach our children something because celebration doesn't work. And so the Sunday school movement began. And then in the 70s, 80s, we thought, goodness me, we're not teaching any adults. So the house group movement began and so on. It was the beginnings of us recapturing something that perhaps had just got lost over time. But we're nervous about it, of course. Because as we seek to grab hold of community, we might have to hold less tightly to celebration. Unless you've got more hands than most people, or a lot more time than most people. 
Most people can't go, well, I'll just keep adding stuff into my life. If my life is full with church stuff that's focused on celebration, then you have no time to develop uh, community, unless you hold lighter to one in order to grab hold of the other. Naturally, understandably, that makes us nervous, and we want to do that slowly and carefully. But we need balance. We need to love celebration, and we need to love community. Claire and Rich are going to come, and uh, I'm going to ask them a few questions, because they love celebration. That's why she became a Baptist vicar, because she loves celebration. That's why Rich would play his drums in the worship, because they love celebration. But they've been on a journey of thinking about what does it mean for them to love community with equal passion as they do celebration? How does that work out in their lives, and what have they gained and lost as a result of it? So, Perhaps just share, just before we get into the main bulk of it, what what your rhythm is, how it works out. Well, as Simon said, we love celebration. And I'd given 14 years of it as a Baptist minister. You'd learned to play the drums so that you could be part of it serving here. And then about two years ago, um, God spoke to us about doing something really different and about how we needed to take this by the horns and say, what does it mean to love celebration and community. And so we started this uh, missional community called The Hub, and we have been trying to answer this question and beginning, I think, to see some fruit in it. So we basically spend uh, two Sundays a month here with you uh, being uh, in the celebration, and then two Sundays a month, um, as a community, we choose to do something very different. One Sunday, we're down at the local soft play running a church for families, a, cele- a kind of community-based families learning together about Jesus, and that's mostly non-Christians, but also members of our community. And then the other Sunday a month, we do something either together as a community, which usually involves eating, um, or uh, we hang out with our non-Christian friends, the people that God is sending us to. So we've tried in various different ways to make Sunday reflect some of this, but also throughout the week, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So perhaps tell us a little bit about um, what, what the benefits are you've seen, both to celebration and to community, by, by, by making some mind shifts. So um, by building up, a, um, focusing on the community side, we've really developed, um, it's really changed the way we see celebration. As we come to celebrate, we come as a community, and we've really got something to celebrate in addition to just our personal faith with God. Um, as an example, when we go to the soft play, the Monday before, we'll all meet together, we'll talk about um, how we're all doing, we'll do our sort of little huddle group. And we'll spend the Sunday, or sorry, the Monday, um, praying for the people who, are, who we know are going to come to the soft play. And we sort of um, hold each other accountable to um, some of the conversations we might have. Sunday comes and we do the, we do the soft play and we talk about it. And we, we play with our friends, we play with the kids and just have a good time. And then the weekend, the week after, we, we continue to uh, chat with each other. But then when we come on the Sunday after... We come with a purpose. We've come to celebrate what God has done that week, what God has done in soft play, and the conversations we've had and the time we've had with our friends. And so it's really given us a a new emphasis for the Sunday celebration. 
As a, a sort of couple of other benefits, um, I'm an introvert. I find big groups quite daunting. Um, I find sort of you know, the, the superficial um, chit-chat quite hard work. But actually, uh, as a, um, having emphasised in this community, I know I can come to a big celebration and I can con- connect with my friends, with the people I'm really journeying with, and I can continue that. As I find the whole celebration a lot more rewarding and fulfilling. And also... Our lives are busy, we're time poor, so therefore, by changing our rhythm, we've been able to carve out deliberate time to spend with our people at peace. And that's really, A, blessed us, given us opportunities that we wouldn't have necessarily had, but also, hopefully, it's blessed them a little bit more as well. I want to say something a little bit about your mindset, because it is a, a different way of thinking. We've, we've thought celebration and, but this is, this is shifting that balance. Yeah, absolutely. So we've um, we came you know, two years ago, a couple of years ago, we had a dependency mindset. We were dependent on church. We needed Sunday mornings to help us connect with God. We needed Sundays to hear the sermon to inspire us for the week. We've um, needed the Sundays for um, the Sunday school to teach our kids how to become Christians. We were dependent on God. So, uh, sorry, we were dependent on church. So therefore, we needed to change that. Um, and the other thing, we needed um, church for our non-Christian friends to, to meet Jesus. We had to bring them through the door in order to meet with God. And we, you know, we were doing well if they came through the door one Sunday. So that, was a, so that mindset has changed. Yeah, God blew that apart um, quite literally. And so our mindset had been very dependent on the Sunday being everything to actually now our lives are very different. So we have a very different rhythm. Uh, We now individually, but also as a community of Christians, uh, daily connect with God and encourage each other to do that. We spend a lot of time on uh, our Facebook group encouraging each other to read the Bible together and and discussing that. We've changed um, our mindset from very much being like Sunday, we need the worship to how can we worship together as a community how can we worship individually as well instead of thinking that Sunday is about you know oh I hope Sunday school's really good this week so that our kids are blessed it's about we're coming together um, on a Sunday as a community again to worship God and to model that to our kids but also we as parents have taken a massive responsibility and a step up in intentionally discipling our own kids rather than relying on our excellent Sunday school teachers to try and do that in an hour a week Whereas we as a community see our kids all the time and we as parents see them all the time. So we've changed our mindset of we must get our kids to church because they're going to get the best Sunday school to, oh, we're really responsible for their growth and their faith. Our our mind shift has been huge and we now have more time to spend with our non-Christian friends being really intentional, helping them understand about Jesus. It's little things that have made a big difference to the way that we live our lives and the rhythms that we have had yeah okay just perhaps unpack that just a little tiny bit more so it's about a change in rhythm a change in balance but it feels like loads of stuff so just just comment about how how a balance has emerged for for you guys in in that so i think there's there's two words to summarize that and that's intentional rhythm we really had to make a decision to do this we needed to make a decision to look at our diaries work out which sundays we wanted to be in church work out which Sundays we wanted to spend in community, 
We needed to think about when we would want to pray, when we would want to have our group, our community time. We'd have to think about um, practical things like making sure all of the breakfasts are in in the diary, make sure the invites are sent out for the soft play. When does that need to be done? When do we need to talk to our friends? When do we need to prepare them for the next thing? And when do we need to make sure that we've done something for Lucy so she's ready for Sunday school on a Sunday? So we had to be really intentional and make a decipher, you know, make a real decision. Right, we're going to do this and we're going to plan it and it's going to be like this. Um, yeah, we've changed our diaries and our time, but I guess our mindset change, like we talked about, is the biggest thing about saying God was really clearly asking us to enjoy celebration, but actually uh, you're going to come with a different mindset because you have been working really hard at your own discipleship in the week. Um, and so I just wanted to tell a story, actually, if that's all right. Um, so a couple of weeks ago in our in time together with the guys who are Christians who were traveling with us, we were all around our table and God was really clearly speaking to loads of us about personal things and it was really exciting to do that together. Uh, harder points, we were praying for one another and uh, as we kind of did that on a Monday night around our table, um, it was an amazing moment of God moving and we were really excited about that. We then came to the celebration on the Sunday and we had uh, breakfast together and then arrived here on the Sunday and we were all sitting together over that side uh you know carnage all the kids are there it's, it's carnage but actually as we were sat together in worship um it felt really different than perhaps it did a few years ago because we knew what god was doing in these guys lives through the week we uh, together knew what we were struggling with and we could sing those songs about victory uh, in faith because we were doing it together it feels really different to come on a sunday when you come as community and it feels really exciting but also it feels feels much more real, I think. Um, it's kind of like when the uh, Bible talks about Acts 2 and about sharing life together. I, be, I, I think we're beginning to see glimpses of that. We're not there yet, but we are learning to do that together. So when we come to celebration, it's massively enriched by what God is already doing through the week. And um, that, yeah, that's really exciting. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much, both of you. It's our, our belief as a community that there's a really rich green pasture of community and celebration, or celebration and uh, community. To get there is quite a valley, might be a dark, dank valley, and at times it feels like uh, we're not sure where we are as we journey, which makes this next song that Georgina's chosen for today so appropriate. We're going to trust God to lead us to that green pasture. Claire and Rich, thank you ever so much. <laughs> 